Hello, and welcome to SoberCast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting SoberCast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Have a great day. Hi, everyone. My name's Alexis, and I'm an alcoholic. And uh, it really is a privilege uh, to be sharing tonight at the um, 14th anniversary of my home group, um, this group means a great deal to me, uh, and I kind of have had similar experiences to Ben when I've kind of thought back to what it was like when the meeting started and what it's like now. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, I, um, it's great to see Ben. If you'd have told me a month ago that I'd be at the group's anniversary meeting listening to Ben sharing, I just wouldn't have believed It's just brilliant. It's a wonderful thing, because uh, when I came in, uh, I remember Wayne, Ben, and Chris. And I remember um, when I came to AA, um, the first guy I bumped into who tried to help me, um, unfortunately, he, he hadn't done the steps. Um, he was a bit mad, basically. And um, I remember, I, but well, he got me to go to coffee with him, and I went to coffee with him. Um, and I remember there was Wayne, Ben, and Chris sitting in the KFC across from us, and they must have been looking at me sitting with this well-known nutter in the fellowship at the time just thinking, what can we do you know we're powerless and uh, but um to be fair with this i mean they did they gave me all their numbers and i've still got in my first big book i've still got like wayne chris ben and my first sponsor maybe writing down and to to be fair to my first sponsor uh, he um he did try uh to help me you know he really did try to help me uh he got me to buy and the ways in which he did help me was he got me to buy a big book and uh, i think that's the biggest thing i could piece of experience i could share with any newcomer is get a big book get the book alcoholics anonymous because um, that was the first thing that i trusted in aa it was the first piece of aa that i really bought into and believed um and um i i mean my the big book described my drinking that was one of the things, you know, the big book described my drinking. It made me get honest about my drinking. A combination of, you know, the big book is written by uh, recovered alcoholics. You know, it was written by recovered alcoholics um, back in 1939. And um, what's, you know, alcoholics nowadays are just the same. Alcoholics are my type anyway. And I, um, I, uh, I read about this craving, you know, in step one, uh, powerless over alcohol, this craving that I would get whenever I drank and this insanity that meant no matter how much I didn't want to drink I would still end up drinking again um, there, was a, there was a time when um, it was actually the day of uh, my last drink and uh, I just woke up one, I woke up, I didn't just wake up one morning I woke up this particular morning, awful hangover that awful feeling of failure I'd been coming to AA for a few months and I was still drinking um, I had a third of a bottle of vodka left and I just... Um, I'd done it again. I'd done it again. I'd let myself and everybody else down again. I could not possibly stay sober for a moment longer. I had to get drunk as soon as possible to get rid of the awful physical feelings, the awful mental uh, the the feelings of failure, all of that. And so um, I just I just kind of had a third of a bottle of vodka, mixed it with some lemonade, and um, and had it with my beans on toast. And uh, the the minute. I drank that vodka, it had that magical effect. Much as I, I, by that point, I loathed alcohol as much as I loved it. And much, much as I loathed it at that point, 
it always did that thing. It was, it was uh, just as soon as I took a, uh, you know, a sip or a swig of that vodka and lemonade, it was just the, 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 the it just worked. It, could, it hit the spot. It, the fear started to go away. The self-hatred started to go away. All of the worries about the future. The future didn't matter. Nothing mattered. The physical pain started to go away. And all I tried to do was ignore the fact that there was only a third of a bottle of vodka. But it went down, 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 down. And when it got to the bottom, I knew what was going to happen. I knew what was going to happen. What it talks about in step one. I'm powerless over alcohol. I get this craving. I'm allergic to alcohol. I can't use alcohol. Alcohol uses me. When I have alcohol, I get a craving. And that, when I got to the bottom with that bottle of vodka, the craving that hit me was like nothing I'd ever had in all my drinking times. It was, um, you know, many was the time I'd been in a pub and had a couple of pints and thought, mm, it's quite nice and cosy in this pub, I'll stay here. Or maybe there was an appointment I didn't keep. But uh, I thought, well, that appointment's not so important. You know, it didn't seem like a craving then. It just seemed like, well, other things aren't so important. I'll keep drinking. But this time, it was a craving. I had no money. I had no way of getting money. And I, I was petrified of sobering up. I was, it was just a horrible feeling. I, went, oh, I thought, there must be something in this house with alcohol in it. And this house, it was, it, was an, it was a house full of antiques and nooks and crannies. It was my mum's old place. It was awful. I was looking under red cloths here, looking behind antique wardrobes here. Every, there must be something with alcohol in it. And there wasn't. And, um, you know, the, the other, I mean, that, that really, that craving, that allergy to alcohol, I'm sure I've still got that now. You know, I'm sure I still have. If I went out, I, do, I can't just have a couple of drinks and go home, you know, sure that's still the same um, the thing was, the other part of step one this other part of the powerlessness was the, the insanity I, I, I mean what I just described to you there, any normal person would just say well you, you know, maybe you react a bit badly to alcohol, maybe you should stop drinking you know, and, and any sane person would just stop, if you reacted like that to alcohol, if it set off a craving of that intensity, if it made you drink that much you just stop doing it. Just someone who's allergic to peanuts, they stop eating peanuts. Someone who's, you know, anything you're allergic to, you avoid it. But I, I couldn't do that. I mean, a child, they put their hand on a hot stove, they burn their hand, they get the, the, and they don't put their hand on a hot stove again. Time and time again, I drank and there were disasters. I would wake up the next day hating myself for the, hurt, the people I'd hurt. It was awful the way I'd hurt my family. You know, the people I avoided the most were the people I loved the most because of the things I'd done to them. And um, it was when I was drunk, this vicious, or alternatively, I'd become an absolute idiot and just say such stupid things and just babble. And I'd just wake up the next day and, and um, anyway, so why drink? Why ruin your life with this drink? The point was, it didn't matter how bad it got. I kept drinking and um, this thinking, I mean, when I, I stopped for three months once, it was easy. It was, it was easy. I was in pubs watching my friends drink, I was drinking Diet Coke, no big deal. But um, at the end of that three months, a friend turns up, said, let's go to the pub. Okay, I've been to the pub before, what's the big deal? I sit down, him and my girlfriend have a pint each, no big deal, I've had people drinking around me before those three months. Then suddenly it hit me, just, why can't I have a drink? It wasn't a craving, it wasn't like that physical craving I got when I had that vodka. It was an obsession. It was a mental, just obsession. All I could think about, I couldn't think about them, I could, I could hardly talk to them, was just how can I get a drink? And I just thought, I, and, but the other part of my brain was saying, don't do it. You know how awful things that happened to you, the awful things that happened to you that made you stop drinking for these three months. You know you tricked yourself into it. 
you know, you, you know you've got a chance here to, to, you've just got to not do it and I walked up to the bar to buy that next round having that argument in my head but the desire to drink was, what was in, that was from the heart that's what I really, really wanted more than any, and all the little voice in my head that was saying no, don't do it, just got quieter and quieter and quieter and I just ignored that voice and I ordered a drink and it kicked off the allergy and what I did to my friend that night made him not contact me for three years so I think he regretted saying you know, why don't you make the next one a pint um, and that was, that was how I thought about alcohol and when I came to AA and I read the big book with an open mind and listened to um, alcoholics share about how they felt about drink I realised that that was the real problem for me it was the way I thought about alcohol and that's what made me an alcoholic that's what made me powerless over alcohol and I saw I was so powerless over alcohol because my life had got very bad I'm, I guess I'm not a high bottom drunk but I felt I was poisoning my body I felt you know, I really did, I thought I'm not going to, I came when I was 23, I thought I won't live past 27. And I knew, I, I, I saw, this is a progressive illness, and if I'm powerless over alcohol, I'm going to drink myself to death. And it, and it was there, I read the AA literature. The AA literature said, alcoholism is as dangerous as heart disease or cancer. It's a killer illness. And I believed it. The time came when I sat in a meeting and I was convinced at gut level, I'm going to die from drinking. I am powerless over alcohol. And that was the turning point. It didn't feel like a turning point at all, actually. It felt awful because I was convinced of my own death. But it cut through all the crap. Because you may wonder, why would I have been coming to these meetings all this time um, and, not, and not doing anything? You know, I'd be coming to meetings and drinking. What was the problem? Why was I doing it? I, I mean, what was holding me back from doing this recovery program? I was surrounded by recovered alcoholics. I was reading this book, which you know I identified with. Um, why was I not doing it? And... Uh, they actually did a study of alcoholics at some point um, after AA started. Uh, some psych psychologists looked into what is a common factor that runs through alcoholics, a common psychological factor. And they came up with something very simple. It was a childish defiance. The, the common psychological factor they could find in alcoholics was a childish defiance. That was all it was. That was what was stopping me from giving myself completely to the 12-step program. Was I, it was, no, I don't want to. Leave me alone. I'll decide what to do. Give me time. Don't rush me. I'm, I'll go to one meeting a week. It'll be okay. You know, it's, I'm, I'm easing myself into it. Yes, I know I drank last week, but I'm getting better. It's just all excuses, defiance. Um, but that day when I was convinced I was going to die, I cut through all the crap. It cut through all my debating. I didn't care whether AA was right or wrong. I didn't care whether the steps were right or wrong. What I cared about was that when I got to the end of those steps, I wouldn't have to drink myself to death. That's all I cared about. And... Um, I, um, I heard, you know, the, I, I, I seen Wayne in the KFC and I heard him sharing and it was the day, he, I think he got his first photo published in a national and he, he mentioned this in his share just as an example of how AA uh, has changed his life and um, I must admit that did, <laughs> I thought, yeah, I, I quite like the sound of that, you know, being in national newspapers, that wasn't really the reason he was sharing it but, um, I, um, but the thing he did, I mean, what, what this guy did and uh, it's an example I've I've really been so glad to have an example to follow over the last 15 years. I mean, there's, there's a lot of great examples in this group. But over the last 15 years, there's one example that I've been able to follow. Um, and uh, he came up to me and he invited me to coffee at his house. And uh, I went back to his house and I'd, um, you know, once bitten, twice shy. I'd had, a, I'd had a crap sponsor up to this point. And I was thinking, how do I, how do I make sure that I don't end up with an... <laughs> No, I mean, I didn't think he was going to... But I was nervous. You know, once bitten, twice shy. What it was, I think there's a couple of things. I think, first of all, you know, 
he, he had a home. You know, he had a home. He had, he had a wife and he had a kid. And he, the way he talked, you know, he didn't talk like an alcoholic. He, he talked like a normal person. Um, he, um, and one of the things was he talked like the big book. He, he, that, that was a big thing for me because I trusted the big book. That was the first thing I trusted in AA was the big book. The sponsor I'd had before had actually contradicted the big book. But there was something about this guy that just seemed in tune with the big book and what I'd read in there. And so um, he became my temporary sponsor and became my sponsor. And I, um, the, the, the thing I was most scared of, um, I can't remember really which I was most scared of, drinking or myself. I think it was drinking, and it, but myself was, I was so scared of myself because it was me that was making me drink. No one was dragging me out there and forcing drink down me. No one was dragging me around and making me screw up my life, left, right and centre. It was me. It was the decisions I was making. Um, and I, I just thought, and I, I knew I was dishonest. I knew I was deluded because I would constantly do things. And the next day, think, oh, why? Why do I do it again and again and again? So I thought, I said to myself, do not listen. Well, I didn't actually say this, but this is, you know, the, the, what I thought, you know, do not listen to your own thoughts. Do not listen to your own convictions. Do not listen to your own beliefs. Because look where they brought you. Your life is unmanageable. It's clearly your life is unmanageable. And the actual thing I said to myself was, whatever this guy says, just do it. Just, that's it. Keep it simple. Whatever this guy says, just do it. And what he said was essentially a series of uh, suggestions, instructions, for how to do the 12 steps in the big book. That was it. That was what he said. Um, he immediately gave me something to be getting on with um, as soon as he started sponsoring me. And, um, I mean, within a short time of making that decision and getting that sponsor, uh, I'd recovered. And recovery, recovery through the 12 steps from alcoholism, it was not like anything I could have imagined. The freedom from alcohol, the sense of freedom from alcohol, was, um, it was so strong. When I realized I was free of alcohol, it was at some point during the 12 steps, it was like a weight going off my shoulders. I remember it physically felt, that realization that I was free of alcohol, was like a weight going off my shoulders because I'd realized for, for, for so long I'd been obsessed, obsessed with alcohol. It was my life. Deep down it was my life. It was what, what gave meaning to my life. And uh, suddenly that, that just melted away and it just went. And my life had a different meaning. My, you know, through, through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, my life had a different meaning. And um, it didn't, I didn't have to drink. Um, I just wasn't interested in alcohol. As, uh, ben described it great. And uh, that, that, that feeling is, is never gone. You know, it's uh, 15 years ago that I um, started on the steps and I've not had a craving to drink. I've... You know, it's just absolute freedom. Um, and I think the reason, you know, I said my life's got a new meaning. <laughs> it's all, all of this, it's kind of tied in with um, how I felt. You know, when, before I did the stats, my, you know, my drinking made me miserable, but I made myself miserable as well because my life was unmanageable. And uh, I just, uh, when I did the steps, I had a new way of living. You know, I, before I did the steps, I just seemed to end up in situations where I was uh, self-piteous, um, and I, just at any moment, I could tip over into, into just thinking life's pointless. 
you know, I mean, I kind of look like Marvin the Android when I'm life's pointless, and it's kind of, it seems half funny, but when you're actually in there, when I was in there and I was in that self-pity, it was the most horrible feeling. It was almost the most horrible feeling. And it could happen at any moment. Before I did the steps, I'd just go into it. And then there was anxiety, the fear. That was another thing. And uh, uh, the fear, just, just fear of the future, fear of footsteps outside my door, just to the point of shaking, you know, to like heart pounding away um, and all, all of these things that, that when I did the steps all of these things drastically reduced um, and I think uh, one of the things that I, I, I reckoned when um, you know this freedom from alcohol one reason I thought I could never be free from alcohol was because what would life be without drink life would just be empty without drink. Life would be boring without drink. Um, and if you'd have told me back then the things that have happened to me over the last 15 years, I just wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have believed you. You know, I've, I've just... My life over the last 15 years has been um, <laughs> exciting. <laughs> has definitely not been boring. I haven't had a chance to be bored. And uh, I've... Uh, I, I finished off, I mean, basically, after I'd done the steps and recovered, um, I went back and finished my education, which was something that always bugs me. Was I, can, I, I, know I'm, I know I'm brilliant, but I can't seem to finish my degree. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I finally finished my degree, um, and then I went on and did a PhD, so I thought, hmm, maybe I am brilliant. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'd, uh, I... Um, you know, just career-wise, things took off in ways beyond my wildest dreams. And I got, I got to work abroad in New York and work in London, all, all of these places. And uh, I'd always felt like I was quite an artistic person. Um, and I felt that when I, when I was drinking and before I did the steps, that my suffering maybe was a symptom of my genius, my artistic genius. And, uh, but when I actually did the steps and recovered... Um, I, um, I actually did start writing some poetry and doing some music and getting some results. Uh, and I had my poetry published and I've had my music kind of performed in different parts of the world. Um, and this has all been in sobriety. This has all been after stopping drinking. Uh, and I've been scuba diving in Cuba and I've jumped out of an aeroplane in New York. And I, I, what I'm trying to... I'm, kind of laying it on a bit thick, but I'm just trying to... That's how boring... When I, before I did the steps, the reason I'm laying it on so thick is before I did the steps, I really did think life would be boring. So I'm just giving a few examples there of why life is not boring. Um, sober. But, I mean, those are things... That, 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 those are things that have kind of happened to me, but, um, and they're good, and they're exciting, and they're fun, but real happiness I guess but real happiness is the important thing because um, I mean I I could be you know in my experience I can be in very externally positive situations but if my spiritual condition is not up to par if I'm not doing the actions I need to do the 12 steps of AA then um, it doesn't matter what my external circumstances are so I need to keep practicing these principles and, and the things I get from actually practicing the principles um, are things like a relationship with my family you know I was so lonely when I came to AA but uh, I enjoy being with my family now this is the point where my brother always cringes um, but I really I really like my family I like spending time with my family um, and um, I friends as well I've got some great friends here uh, I, I love going to the um, coffee up at Dingle's you know just kind of uh, 
hanging out there with people and um, the social events that we do here. Um, and I think things like um, things like uh, just you know not being afraid of the future, being able to look forward to things, being able to get up in the morning and um, not be petrified of the day, being able to go to bed at night and like rest my head on the pillow and go ah is, is sober is, is is a lovely feeling, um, and. Um, these are, I mean, these are the important things to me. It doesn't matter how, you know, and I have in the past, I've tried, I know they're the important things because at times in my sobriety I've tried chasing the external things to the detriment of the important things. And I can tell you from experience, these external things, they, they, it, they don't work off as well. <laughs> they just don't work compared to, the, you know, the important things are the spiritual principles um, of the 12 <laughs> steps. And, uh, I mean, I, I just... Um, I cannot believe that I'm 15 years sober. I can't believe that you know I'm still here. I'm still part of such a great group. I, I mean, I I really respect the people in this group. I just really respect the people in this group, and I feel a part of it. And um, I, um, you know, I really respect my sponsor. I'm I'm so grateful. I've still got the same sponsor, you know. Um, and it's been. I mean, I found. Um, other examples that kind of that that my sponsor has set for me, other important things. I mean, a lot of the time I say, right, my sponsor set this example, and it's true. But what all these, uh, most of what he's done is really just practice the principles in the big book. That's the thing, you know. But I, I often say, my sponsor does this, my sponsor said that, my sponsor. What he's really doing is he's practicing the principles of the big book. Now I can read the big book, and I can read things like, um, you know. I'll, I scarce an evening passed that somebody's home didn't shelter a gathering of recovered people, you know, grateful at what they'd been given and thinking of how they could carry it to the new man. You know, constant, uh, constant thought of others, um, frequent work with other alcoholics, a man to feel with your social life. I can read all of this stuff, okay, but when I see it in action, it makes me much more likely to take the actions. And this is why I found sponsorship and a strong home group so helpful. Because you people, you know, I, I watch you practice the principles of the big book. I watch you stay active um, in working with newcomers and it inspires me to do the same. And uh, my sponsors always ro rotated one step ahead of me in service. And I found that staying active in AA and doing, um, I've, I've done, I've done service in my home group and then I rotated into intergroup and region service and conference service and doing all of these these uh, parts of service I wouldn't I wouldn't be without them my recovery it's kind of a line nicked off my sponsor I'm trying to think how to put it another way my 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 um I would feel significantly less satisfied with my recovery if I had not followed my sponsor through the service rotation. It's improved me as a person. It's made me feel more a part of AA. You know, this is, we've got the three legacies of AA, um, recovery, unity, and service. And by rotating through all of the service, I feel more a part of AA. I have a wider vision for AA, which all helps to make me a little less self-centered, <laughs> you know, and uh, to be part of something bigger than me. Um, and uh, I try to I really try, one of the things I find is uh, self-centeredness with my time. You know, I'm very self-centered with my time, but uh, I've, got the, I've got the example of, uh, which one is that, that's the two minutes. I've got the example of my sponsor once again, and I always, uh, you know, when I get a phone call, I just try and, I just pick up the phone and I 
my time is theirs as long as it's free. You know what I mean? And uh, if a sponsor wants to meet or whatever, my time is theirs. And that's what I, that's the kind of thing I um, I try to follow um, because once again, it makes me less self-centered. And uh, I am. Um, I'm trying to think what else I want to say, really. I, I, um, my, I've mentioned my home group and the importance of a strong home group. I've mentioned sponsorship and the example of sponsorship. I mean, the other thing with sponsorship is, um, you know, I've trusted my sponsor enough that whenever I've gone too close to the edge of the path of recovery and he's, you know, and he said, you're too close to the edge, I've trusted him enough to, to just try and get back in line and um, the other so there's two parts of sponsorship the example and just having someone I can trust enough um, and I mean that's a great thing to have to have rotated all the way through service to be 15 years sober and still have a sponsor who I can look up to like that um, And but the other thing as well as home group and the example of a sponsor and the trust of my sponsor you know is, is the, the main purpose of the big book and the 12 steps is to enable me to find a power greater than myself by which I can live. And that's one of the most solid things in the program is, you know, God, as I understand him, can change me and support me and give me strength and hope and power in a way that nothing else can. I mean, my sponsor can direct me towards God but it's only God when I get on my knees and I pray to my higher power it, it does something that, that my sponsor couldn't do when I um, and, and that consistent trying to build the relationship with my higher power in my step 11 um, that, that brings a, a texture and a security and a strength to my life that I could never have had you know I could never have had without God and I'm very grateful to my sponsor in the big book for introducing me to that um, so those are the main things, really, is um, my sponsor, strong home group, um, the steps that I did from the big book, and, and God as I understand him. And with those, and with just trying to remember that my life is unmanageable and that I am powerless over alcohol, you know, I have total faith that I can stay sober and that my life is just going to get better. And that's my experience. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Sobercast is ad-free, and we'd like your help in order to keep it that way. So if you'd like to help us be self-supporting by pledging a dollar to a month, visit Sobercast.com and look for the donate links. Thank you very much.